Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You followed me on Instagram. Then you unfollowed me. Then you sent me a voicemail. Then you sent me a voice message. Then you unsent it. Then you blocked me. I had no way to contact you because you blocked me. Then I had no way to contact you for 48 hours until you finally unblocked me so I can reach out to you to see what was going on. Like, damn, hearing this terrible, terrible man say that out loud, I felt secondhand embarrassment because we've all been there when we acted this way. And hearing that made me realize just how childish and how bad it looks. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for, but need. Welcome to Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Are you ready? Hi, besties, and welcome to a brand new Almost Adulting, the largest self-love podcast and movement, your number one destination for personal growth and mental health. I am your big sister and your host, Violetta. So today is another Tuesday episode in the beginning of October. So, wow, I cannot believe it's nearing the end of the year. I feel like it has been such an odd year, right? I think it's because we are finally got to experience the first year post-pandemic where it felt like we were slowly getting our lives back. And I think that's why it felt on such speed because I don't know where the year went, but I would say I have been allowing the years to start to go by. I think the last month or two, I've kind of just been checked out. But I guess that happens for people in general. Things just are always up and down. You can't always be on a high and you can't always be on a low. And sometimes you're just in the middle. Yeah, I've been slowly. Some days I have good days, some days I have bad days, but that's life. It's like a wave. But yeah, so first I wanted to start off by saying thank you so much for everyone that listened to last week's episode, last Thursday's episode, which was Four Steps to Love. So it was four steps to teach you how to love yourself, which then in turn will get you to find the person that you're meant to be with. So it's four steps of falling in love with someone else and four steps of falling in love with yourself. So I love that episode. I felt very passionate about it. I think you guys will love it too. So if you haven't listened to it, go ahead and check it out. And for those that have, thank you so much for all the feedback. You know how much I love doing the solo episodes. I pour my heart into it. But okay, enough about me. So, all right. So the reason I talked about that episode is because I also want to thank the people who listened to Thursday's episode and were kind enough to give me a five-star review on the podcast app for that episode. Thank you for hearing me and thank you for validating and doing what I asked you to do, which was I asked the people listening to the episode to give me a five-star review for my podcast because not only does it really help the podcast, it makes me feel validated and heard and like you appreciate all the work that I put into the podcast. And again, it also tremendously helps the podcast every time you leave me a five-star review on the podcast app. It takes two seconds and it makes the biggest difference for me. So again, 
Thank you for those who heard me and wrote me those five-star reviews. I've read all of them and I felt really loved and appreciated and it was really nice. So thank you. All right. So today's episode is Love is Blind, season five, episode five, six, and seven. We're going to discuss it. I'm going to try to get through it quickly. Unfortunately, I wrote a lot of things about it because there was so much I could write about, even though I will say season five has been tremendously boring. And I have gotten some feedback from you guys. Some of you love that I've been talking about Love is Blind, while others were like, I don't give a shit about reality stars. Why are we doing this? (laughs) So if you don't love reality stars, I will say the way I've been dissecting the psychology behind the characters of Love is Blind, it's not just discussing their moves and what they're doing. It's also discussing the psychology behind it. So even if you don't watch the show, you'll be able to relate to some of the behavior. You'll be able to relate it to experiences in your life or toxic ex. You'll be able to learn from some of the behaviors because I genuinely try to dive into the psychology behind of why these people are doing what they're doing. So I do think in some ways you will be able to still get something out of it, even if you don't watch the show, because yes, the episodes have been quite boring. I mean, we have what, three couples that went on vacation and then only two of them are now in the apartments. And let's be real, no one is walking down the aisle. And even if they're saying yes, they are heading to divorce the next day. I mean, my prediction at this point is that I would say they're all saying no at the aisle. And I would say the one couple that I think may have a potential chance in the future is Johnny and Chris, who got back together, which is, you know, shocking. But I actually think they mesh really well. They have really good chemistry. And I would say at this point, they're the strongest couple on the show. And that's not saying much, which means the couples are really weak this year. Okay, so... I guess I'm going to start diving a little bit into this. So first, I'm going to dive into, um, let's do Tyler and JP. So Tyler and JP are that one super white couple. It's a blonde girl and then the guy with the (laughs) gaff tooth and aka sugar and sugar bug, right? Sugar and sugar bug, whatever. Here are my initial thoughts after watching those three episodes for you guys. Does JP even like her? Why are they so awkward? Immediately from just watching episode five, my prediction for those two was this. It was pretty clear from episode five that her love language is words of affirmation. Her partner JP's love language is not words of affirmation. This is something we all often neglect to pay attention to when we start dating people or even with our friends or even with our loved ones. And we forget that we don't all have the same love languages. So it seemed that I've noticed that when Tyler was seeking validation with words, he thought she was overthinking. So he then didn't validate her insecurities of her feelings with words, which is what she was looking for, because he doesn't know. He didn't know that that is what she needs. He didn't know that for him to talk and share about his emotions, which clearly does not come easily to him, which is him just being himself without knowing that what doesn't come naturally to him is actually his partner's love language and what she needed the most from him. So this is where there was already a disconnect happening. So my prediction was, unless they were going to try to better understand each other's love languages, they are going to end up having constant conflict without any resolution while making each other feel unloved the whole time. 
since they do not share the same love languages. And so I ended up being very correct about my prediction. It was really hard to watch Tyler go through mental Olympics and all this roller coaster ride in her brain, trying to figure out why JP wasn't all in. And I think watching that, it was something that so many of us women always do when we don't feel emotionally fulfilled in a partnership. We don't feel like our needs are being met. And instead of just coming to terms with that, we end up automatically deciding that somehow maybe it's our fault. And in that moment, we end up trying to figure out what we're doing wrong versus accepting the sad truth that perhaps the relationship is just wrong for us. So that clearly showed me he wasn't in. It wasn't just them lacking love languages and it wasn't just because she wore a lot of makeup or whatever his excuse was. It was because he wasn't into her. And I believe that JP was hoping that with time he could get there. So she was way more into making the relationship work than he was after he saw what she looked like. Clearly in this case with JP, love was not blind because seeing her changed his mind about her. That's the truth. But clearly there wasn't a real emotional connection behind the wall. So JP failed the experiment and it's unfortunate for Tyler. He wanted to leave the minute he saw her because the whole time on the vacation, which when I was feeling sorry for him and he was, he was saying things like, don't give up on me or... I keep trying, but you're not changing. He just wanted her to change by changing her mind. And when he kept saying, don't give up on me, I'll keep trying. He wasn't actually trying because there was no actions matching his words because he wasn't changing. He was just expecting her to get over it. The fact that he wasn't touchy, he wasn't talkative. And literally I could tell both of her love languages are words of affirmation and touch. And both of those she wasn't getting from him. So he expected her to just accept it and just allow him hopefully for her to grow on him like he was basically kind of keeping her around not cool so that's why I love how I saw this 180 with Tyler where after they had their fight about makeup with his bullshit stuff him saying 99% women would love to hear that I think you look better without makeup like you should be thankful like I'm sorry when do men emotionally mature? Because JP looks like he's nearing 40. So at this point, I'm thinking maybe finally at 50. <laughs> I just love how Taylor slept on it and put her foot down the next day. She knew right away that the makeup was an excuse. She didn't even take it personally. And then she made the decision to choose herself instead of choosing to be in an unloved marriage just for the sake of having someone our skin has a huge effect on our confidence. If you have acne or you're noticing signs of aging, literally I have both. It's okay because I use Curology and I personally want to recommend Curology to you guys. The reason I love it is because they just get my skincare concerns. I feel like it is so hard to find the proper acne and anti-aging products that work with your skin. I personally have a skin that's not too oily, not too dry, and I end up being allergic to so many different products. So with Curology, you basically take the guesswork out of skincare and you get to simplify your skincare routine. Curology makes personalized prescription skincare products. So basically, it treats a variety of skin conditions, including acne, clogged pores, fine lines, dark spots, and everything in between. They have a licensed dermatology provider who prescribes you a personalized formula that addresses your specific skin concerns and skincare goals. 
Curology Custom Formula use a combination of three clinically researched ingredients, making it more effective than non-prescription cleansers and moisturizers alone. No need to hassle with in-office appointments because Curology is all online. It's easy. You just got to fill out a quiz about your skin, then share photos. And after a consultation, your provider will prescribe you a personalized formula based on your skin's unique needs. It's so cool. And right now you can get up to six skincare products free, which is up to a $52 value with free shipping and a no-cost consultation with a licensed dermatology provider when you go to curology.com slash adulting. Again, go to curology.com slash adulting for this free offer. That's curology.com slash adulting. C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash adulting. Take care of your skin and yourself and support this podcast. Love ya. Okay, moving past that, Izzy and Stacy. I actually like their relationship. On the vacation stuff, I thought they got along the most. And I was like, wow, they really are vibing like best friends. They were laughing a lot. They were making jokes like about how they broke a barrier last night, aka Stacy broke the toilet. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was really cute. But then, you know, reality set in. That kind of happens. It was a great analogy for us in real life where the couples went on vacation. So they were an imaginary world. And then reality sunk in, which aka the honeymoon phase is gone. So now they were stuck living with each other. So then they kind of got to see how each person lives, their financial situation, their friends and all that. And that happens to us in regular relationships too. We meet someone, we think like, that could be my world. He's my person. I'm obsessed with him. That's my best friend. And then you realize, oh, wait, I don't actually know this person. And then sometimes you get to know that person. You're like, hey, I hate everything about you. You're nothing like I imagined you to be when I knew less about you. So that was interesting to watch because even with Izzy and Stacy, they were so great on vacation, but then reality sunk in when Stacy was very suddenly open about money. You know, Izzy and Stacy, personality-wise, they vibe, but they are clearly in different places in their lives where Stacy is more financially stable. And again, the maturity level here is even though there's an age gap is small, for some reason, it really shows between Stacey and Izzy and where they're at in their life. Money is always an uncomfortable conversation, but it definitely needs to be discussed, especially when you're getting married. So she wasn't wrong for addressing it. And she's not wrong for knowing what she's looking for, especially because of the money that she makes. She's a homeowner with one or two cars. She has savings. She clearly wants someone on her level or higher. She's in her 30s. And I respect that. Izzy clearly was in a job he wasn't happy with. He just became an insurance salesperson like a few days before he got on the show. So he's actually not, hasn't even been in that position for long enough to make good money. He has plastic kitchenware, plastic silverware in his kitchen. Stacey wants to travel a lot. Izzy never traveled in the past. I think that if they were to make it work, Stacey would force subconsciously being with Stacy, it would force Izzy to grow up very fast. Not in the way that he's immature, but in a way that he will be going from 29 to 35 in the speed lightning age-wise, where that's the only way Stacy would feel comfortable dating him. So in conclusion, their personalities work, but they are in such different places in their life. I just, I think that would be the driving force to end it. I can definitely predict 
And this was, I think, on episode six. I was already able to predict that the money would 100% make Izzy insecure and he will start to act out and there will be issues and they will break up. And then, you know, we got to see Izzy's personality. It really weirded me out how he acted with Lydia and with Johnny. The fact that he had to approach each woman and discuss their past relationship. Like, bro, A, you're on vacation with your partner. Like, learn about her, get to know her. No, he had to discuss with Lydia about why he didn't pick her and how they still have a connection. She was like, I'm batshit crazy. And even I don't want you. Even Lydia got weirded out by Izzy and was like, yo, I'm in love with someone else. Like, we're good. And then he had to have the whole conversation with Johnny. And when it didn't go the way he wanted it to go, which was her crying over him, he was already feeling insecure by himself with Stacey and he needed some validation from another woman. He had the audacity to, you know, start talking down and calling Johnny names, which was so foul. Like, it really showed his character. And the fact that he was like, well, everyone thinks you're fake, how old are you? Like, what is with these men and their maturity levels? It was insane. Like, yeah, maybe worry more about getting, I don't know, regular silverware in your kitchen than worrying about how Johnny feels about you. She's clearly moved on. It's weird that you haven't when you're about to walk down the aisle with someone. It's just, these people are not ready for marriage. It's weird. It really weirded me out. Both women clearly moved on. Like I said, Izzy needs to focus on getting some silverware and less on needing his ex's validation. Yeah, that, it sucked because I thought I was going to like him at first. Let's see, what else? Let's get to Lydia Milton. Lydia Milton, it seems like Milton has one thing on his mind and that's fucking. And I don't think he's looking for marriage. I'm not sure why he's on the show. I like the guy. But it's all cute and fun and games and shits and giggles for right now when they make jokes about their age. But guess what? In a couple of years from now or even a month from now, it's going to stop being funny when Milton keeps telling Lydia, oh, my God, you're so old. And Lydia keeps telling Milton, you're so young because it's going to turn into a mother and son relationship more than it will be two equal partners. So... That's that. And then, yes, they had fun having sex, but even on vacation, the relationship seemed very surface level. And then after the vacation, when you got to see how each person was living, Milton really showed how he's 24 years old. Regardless how mature he is, he's 24. From having a roommate to saying, let's get Liddy, <laughs> which is drinking alcohol, to how he acts sometimes. Come on. As for Lydia, I still feel like she's always drunk. I feel like I'm crazy for thinking this, but her nose is always red. Her eyes are always watering when she speaks. Something is always off with her. She's either on some medication, so then when she drinks, she gets drunk really easily. I don't know what it is, but yeah. I will say by the end of the show, I was surprised. But it wasn't Lydia that I despised the most. It was Uche and Alia. Is it Uche or Oche? Ah, for fuck's sake, I already forgot. I'm so over this season. <laughs> I'm like over the show and they have like complicated names. Anyway, let's dive into Oche and Alaya. All right. So the beginning of episode five, it starts with Oche saying, you let some girl come in between us? Bro, you mean, I'm sorry, bro. You mean the girl that you dated and you fucked three months ago, who now Aliyah has to live with 24-7, like with zero space? Come on. 
the way he was speaking, it was so condescending in a way where he was invalidating her feelings and just thinking about himself. I don't even want to use the word gaslighting because we constantly misuse it. But if we were going to use some trendy term, it felt like he was gaslighting her. He said things like, if you can't get through something like this, we would never get to the point of husband and wife. As if in real life, you would be stuck living with an ex. Like that wouldn't happen. Not to mention, the truth is, these two don't actually have real proper intimacy. They don't have a real proper strong emotional connection and they don't have strong foundation because they just met regardless of this experiment and of talking to somebody 24 seven, they only spoke to each other for a week or two. He was comparing his parents, what they've gone through, but I'm sure his parents had a real foundation that they built together. So it's delusional to expect someone you don't have that foundation with to just accept things that are in a weird environment, are not normal, and to just expect the other person to not react. It's just delusional behavior, in my opinion. Then I love that Aliyah mentioned, how do you know that she didn't go through your emails? Obviously, she was right, because Lydia did. And then Oche saying things like, all you did was think about yourself, and you didn't think about me at all. It was so triggering, because he was only thinking about himself and how things made him feel. He wasn't thinking, he wasn't taking Aaliyah's emotions and feelings into consideration, understanding why she was feeling that way, her insecurities. He wasn't validating her at all. He was just attacking her. And he ended it with, this is what I was afraid of. I was gonna let myself fall for the wrong person. I don't wanna talk to her anymore. I never wanna see her again. And that's it, he, he shut himself off. Like a person made one mistake and he was done with them. What does that say about him as a person and his maturity level? Oche is a very logical person. And I personally feel that unfortunately, because he's so logical and he's so sure of himself, he's a little arrogant in that regard, he lacks empathy in conflict. And that's something that you need if you want to have a successful partnership with anyone. So although he said a lot of words and he expressed his emotions, he was never actually hearing Aaliyah. He was fighting to make a point and to be heard and he was fighting to win. He wasn't fighting to make up and to understand. And that's something that's not easy for most people. So he's not alone. Like most of us, when we are arguing, we just want to be right and we forget that we accidentally fight to break up. If you want to make a relationship work, you have to listen. You have to have empathy and conflict. You have to come up with a resolution, which both of them were not doing. Now with Aaliyah, I will say I'm going to call our actions. I basically dissected her behavior and I was disappointed to see the person she was becoming through the show. Clearly her insecurities were coming out and the worst part of herself was coming out. And it's not easy to watch, but I think she basically showed how many of us act when we don't feel safe in a relationship. And you know, it was a little pathetic in a way where I was like, fuck, I've been there and I don't want to be that person anymore. So it was almost like holding a mirror even to myself and seeing that. In the beginning, I couldn't understand how Oche went for Aaliyah and also for Lydia. I was like, these two people are so different from each other. It doesn't make sense. But then the more I got to learn about Leah, the more similarities I started to see between her and Lydia. So Oche definitely has a type and that's making women feel small and being in control with them and then always going for women who he belittles and then 
they end up liking him more than he likes them and they chase him. That's his type. So I definitely really dislike Oche at the end of this. So anyway, some of my thoughts were, I understand why Aaliyah left. Completely get it. She was overwhelmed. But then the fact that she was still willing to get on the phone with Oche and said things like, I didn't think it was the end of us. Can you please not make a decision right now? Even though she made such a sudden decision and she was crying about it, showed me her emotional maturity. She left in the hopes that Oche would chase her, which many of us do. I've done that in the past, but we forget that this isn't a fairy tale or telenovela and real adults in real life, in adult relationships, they communicate first. And then when they make a decision, they stick to it. They don't run. And not everyone's going to react in a way that we expect them to, which is to chase us. It showed me that Aliyah, Aliyah reacts based on emotions. So unfortunately for her, Oche is more logical. So he didn't go, he didn't chase her. His ego said, no, thank you. And instead he decided to protect himself. He took a step back from her. Since logical people in dating tend to avoid anyone who is impulsive or unpredictable. I'm not saying he's right. I don't even like the guy. I'm just dissecting what each person was coming from in conflict and the outcome from it. Lydia obviously knew that Oche was coming in the show. I don't think Oche knew that she was. I think Lydia is a bit emotionally unstable. We can all say that. I think she liked Oche more than he liked her. I think he was leading her on for the longest time by always taking her back because he liked the attention. I think she was hoping her coming on the show based on their on and off relationship that they would just get back together and that would be their love story. I don't think she was expecting to actually end up liking someone else, but she did, which honestly, good for her because Oche deserves to be with a trash can, not even Lydia. I think Lydia deserves better than him. Everyone does. It was very obvious on how he spoke that there was a pattern where he would dump her. She contacts him, calls him, begs for him nonstop. And then eventually he takes her back because he likes the attention. Yes, she's very toxic, but the fact that he's allowed her to come back speaks volumes about who he is as well. By accepting that type of behavior constantly, it shows what he's attracted to his own emotional wounds and issues. Either he liked the attention, either he liked that she was so obsessed with him, he liked the drama, he liked how convenient it was. He liked something because he was constantly leaving the door open for Lydia to keep coming back and begging for him every couple of months. Does Is Oche ready for a real relationship? No. So Aaliyah also deserves better than him. So she also dodged the bullet. She doesn't see it yet, but she did. He sucks. I've always been super open about my struggles on this podcast from my past battle with depression to any lows in my life and also how I've always been able to work through it and get back up because I no longer ignore my pain or sadness or rage or bottle things up because I know it's my body looking to be validated in its pain. So I stop pretending it's not there. Emotions are like a wave. You just got to ride them out and you got to let them out, which is why I go to therapy. And I think Everyone else should as well. Because right now, in honor of us entering October, which is Depression and Mental Health Awareness Month, you can get a therapist through Talkspace. Therapy helps you shift your perspective. It helps you find the tools to cope in difficult times. And it helps you be a guiding light. I currently see a therapist every two weeks. I believe that it's important to take responsibility for your mental health. So bottling it up, waiting for your friends to save you, keeping things to yourself so you don't come off like a burden, it's not going to cut anymore. You have to learn to pick yourself up. You have to learn to save yourself. And the first step is talk space therapy. 
Because that's the thing about heartache and pain and loss that is that the heavier it is, the lighter it gets when you share it. Talkspace makes it easy to find a therapist that you like. I see one every two weeks and it's so convenient to meet online, at home, or wherever you're most comfortable. It's the number one online therapy platform with licensed therapists in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, substance abuse, relationship issues, and so much more. At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and you get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you as quick as 48 hours. And the best part is that if you're lazy or you're too busy, you have virtual sessions with your licensed therapist from the comfort of your home, which is what I do. Because I just cannot be bothered with parallel parking or parking in general. So as a listener of this podcast, Bestie, you will get $80 off of your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash adulting. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash adulting to get $80 off of your first month and show support for my show. So again, that is Talkspace.com slash adulting. Take care of your mental health today. I do think though, Lydia knew what she was doing with Aaliyah. She was just being a jealous ex. She didn't have good intentions. She tried to sabotage and fuck with Aaliyah's head. And unfortunately, Aaliyah took the bait. I'm not going to feel that sorry for her because the show was about love, not about finding friends. Aaliyah took the bait with the person she just met when there were strangers. In the end, she allowed Lydia, quote unquote, to win because Lydia got what she wanted. Oche was still single. Aaliyah was heartbroken. And Lydia got to find new dick for now. But I will say, subconsciously, Lydia did Aaliyah a favor. And eventually, one day, Aaliyah will thank her. Because thanks to Lydia, she doesn't end up with Oche, who would destroy her emotionally. Because that guy sucks, and he needs to do work on himself. He's not a good guy. He's just not. One thing that did break my heart, and this is where I feel like a lot of us can relate, when they finally met um, for lunch, I think episode six or seven, Aaliyah was like, thank you for even agreeing to meet with me. My heart is still in your hands. I want to be your other half. I want to marry you. I felt terrible for her because Oche was clearly checked out. It's wild because I was rooting for him in the beginning and now I didn't like him, but it was also wild to watch it because why are you the ones only begging for him? As if he didn't do anything wrong. I hate to say it, but like I said, towards the end of these episodes, I really start to see similarities between Lydia and Aaliyah. You know a partner's bad for you when they start to bring out all of your insecurities and your past poor behavior because it means that it's no longer a safe space. The relationship doesn't feel like a safe space. You don't feel safe in the connection. That's normally when you start to beg and plead and act out and act childish and bring out the worst traits in you. And that's kind of what happened with her and Oche. And I did not like seeing it because I've been there when I've acted like that and it was embarrassing. It almost felt like I was holding a mirror to myself watching it. Oche was like, I couldn't even get home from the pause before you followed me on Instagram. Then you unfollowed me. Then you sent me a voicemail. Then you sent me a voice message. Then you unsent it. Then you blocked me. I had no way to contact you because you blocked me. Then I had no way to contact you for 48 hours until you finally unblocked me so I can reach out to you to see what was going on. Like, damn, hearing this terrible, terrible man say that out loud, I felt secondhand embarrassment because we've all been there when we acted this way. And hearing that made me realize just how childish and how bad it looks. Chasing toxic men and acting like a damn fool 
for some loser dude's attention, making it so obvious that you're hurting over him while he watches you lower your worth by acting this way. Sorry, I don't want to be like that ever again. Let's all just say thank you, Aaliyah, for doing that so we can learn from it and never act like a damn fool for a terrible dude again. Secondly, when that when Ochi talked about Lydia and how he received messages from people, he was trying to do the whole my ex is crazy. Like, first of all, we know, we saw. But then when he started doing it, it actually made me like Lydia a little a bit more. And it made me want to give Lydia more grace the way he spoke about her. Like, this just goes to show you when you talk poorly about someone else, as much as you think it's going to make them look bad, it makes you look so much worse. I respected Ochi so much more when he was trying to hold himself to higher regard and didn't trash Lydia. It made him seem like a better human. The minute he decided to just say, fuck it, and he started talking about, oh, my ex is so crazy, even though we could have known that on our own. We could have formed our own opinion based on our actions, but no. He had to double down and go there. Right away, it showed the type of person he was, and I lost all respect for him. When Oche talked about Lydia and how he was started to, he, when they were dating, he was receiving messages from people where Lydia was watching their Instagram stories. Look, I get the whole, my ex is crazy, but let's be real. Those people he mentioned clearly are other women. Right away when he said that, I said, boy, you're lying. When you said people, you mean women, just say that. Clearly... Ochi was meeting them, potentially flirting with them, fucking them, or dating them, please. This was the least crazy thing I heard about Lydia throughout this whole show because every girl I know has done this before. So before you rush to judge Lydia on this specific part, close your mouth. Girls start watching other girls' stories when the guy they're dating is starting to add a bunch of random girls on Instagram. It's where you don't feel safe in the relationship. And normally, it's when you suspect something is going on because the truth is usually when you suspect it, it's happening. And the only reason that these other women, people, quote unquote, started to notice that Lydia was even watching their stories and knew that the common denominator for whatever reason was Oche is because he was also talking to them. They were more than just friends. That's the only reason those women were also be noticing those things. Those women were also probably insecure and in their own stalker mode. So this gave me even a bigger ick with this dude, like, which I didn't think was possible. I think Lydia and Aaliyah, as much as they need to work on themselves, both dodge a bullet with Oche. He's not a match with either one of them. Oche is drawn to women he wants to control. He wants to make them feel inferior. He lacks empathy and conflict because he believes in logic, but only his logic. He loves himself way more than he could love anyone else. <laughs> he doesn't allow other people to feel their emotions. He just thinks his way is the only way. So yeah. And then guess what? Episode seven, when Oche decided to confront Lydia, he confirmed everything I suspected. He confirmed how the only reason he was drawn to Lydia is because how much she liked him. I was right that it wasn't just people, but it was women. It was women that he was following on Instagram. Yep. Hence why Lydia started to stalk them. <laughs> We've all been there. And you know what? You fucking suck, Oche, for doing that because we've all been there where a man, if we, you even get to a point where you need to stalk a dude to see what he's up to, you're, you don't feel safe in the connection. That's not the right person for you. If you don't feel safe to communicate what he's up to or the fact that you even need to confront him, I'm sorry, Oche, 
you're in your fucking 30s and you're still following random girls on Instagram and not being honest. And it's always the guys who say, without trust, we don't have anything. Trust means the most to me. That's crazy. Then why are you not following your own advice? What You're not following the, your own request. It's always the people who say, trust means the most to me are the ones who are the most untrustworthy. My cheating ex of eight years used to always tell me, if we don't have trust, then we don't have anything. Every time when I would suspect him, he would say that to me. And then he would say, and the fact that you can't even trust me right now and you're questioning me just makes me feel like maybe we shouldn't even be dating anymore. And then I would be begging him to stay with me. And I would say, never mind, forget it. I must have overreacted. I'm just crazy. And he's like, yeah, you really need to work on that. Yeah. So watching Oche was triggering because God, those guys, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful I will never put myself in the situation with guys like Oche ever again. So he's trash. Yeah. But yeah, where else was it validating? Where he tried to make Lydia seem like she was all crazy by stalking. Then he ends up admitting to her on TV that in fact, she was correct for thinking he's shady because he was cheating on her. He did sex a girl. He did bang another girl while they were dating. So in the end, when Oche tried to make Lydia look bad, he made himself look 10 times worse. And it almost felt like because he didn't have a happy ending with Aaliyah, he was hoping that Lydia would come back to him. So at least he has some vajayjay to put his dirty penis inside or some girl to chase him so he can feel better about himself and his ego. So he literally was like trying to ruin what Lydia has with her son. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's not going to last, but let her enjoy it. Like the fact that Lydia is in the better relationship or situation than Oche is hilarious. But Oche and Lydia, very toxic. Aaliyah will be thankful one day that it didn't work out. Okay, and that's the end of that. I hope you enjoyed. Honestly, I feel bored just talking about it. I don't even know if I'm going to do the last three episodes of the show. Next Tuesday, I may just not. <laughs> But again, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. We have a fun guest episode this Thursday. And let me know your thoughts about Love is Blind and who you think we'll stay together. Okay? Bye, besties. Have the best week ever. Love you.